You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is, of course, a SportsEthos.com presentation. You can follow the show at Ethos Pelicans, and you can follow me at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. You can find the show everywhere that you can get your podcasts, including the podcast app on your Apple device, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Amazon Music, amongst others, Dash Radio Online as well. You can check that out. As the show continues to grow, we would love your support by giving a five-star review on the relevant platforms and leave a comment to those who have already done so. Thank you. I love reading everything that people have had to say and glad that people are enjoying what we're putting out. So thanks for that. Now, the off-season is upon us and with that, there will be slightly less to talk about in Pelican's lands. I took a weekend off to have a bit of R&R, rest and recovery after the string of 20-ish straight shows, including a couple of two-per-day instalments. i tell you what, it wore me out. But uh, now we're back on deck and ready to break down the off-season, get rolling into the upcoming draft, free agency, summer league, all that fun stuff. However, until we get to that, we are going to start by analysing the key question marks heading into this 2022-2023 season. So, without further ado, let's get into today's show. As we all know, the off-season has been officially, well, has officially begun after a tough first-round exit against the top-ranked Phoenix Suns. Pelicans fought valiantly, going down in six games. We witnessed a favourable national spotlight for the first time in some years, which proved that the team is on the right track. Now, one of those narratives that have been circulating for some time is the impending contract extension deadline... For Zion Williamson, so Zion has officially finished his third year of the rookie contract. He's eligible for an extension before the October deadline, which was typically around that time. Uh, It was last year, I think it was 2000, uh, so I think it was the 16th last year of October. So, I mean, that's what we're aiming for. Hopefully, it's all sorted by then. The national narrative has been that Zion wanted out. We have heard this. We know that prior to our playoff appearance, that the analysis and analysts around the league wanted Zion in a big market. You know, we've heard this New York carry-on because he said he liked playing there. Well, I've been there. It's pretty cool. Uh, I'd like to play there too. I feel, however, that that has now changed. They saw the culture in the team, San Zion, and all of a sudden began cheering for the Pelicans and listing Zion as the missing piece in a future championship contender. I mean, we're all saying it. Jose Alvarado today on NBA TNT said the same thing, that Zion is that piece for us to fight for a championship. Now, those around the team have felt this way for some time, of course. We've been talking about it, particularly after the mid-season turnaround and acquisition of CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, who look like perfect fits in what the Pelicans are trying to build into the future. So, what does Zion think of this? Which is probably the big question mark. Well, when asked at the end of year media availability, Zion's first media 
appearance since Media Day, which was back in well, October last year, uh, about signing a contract extension. If he was offered an extension, would he sign it? His response was, of course, of course, I wouldn't be able to sign it fast enough. Now, as a Pelicans fan, and a big fan of Zion, this is music to my ears, it would have been easy for him to dance around the question and defer to management, but instead he doubled down on his commitment to the team and announced that he'd be able to, well, he'd be keen to sign on with the Pelicans. Now, we wait for the contract to be provided, and no doubt Zion and the Pelicans will be keen to work on the details of that contract. So, the question is, what would a Zion Williamson contract extension look like? Well, Zion being the number one pick is eligible to sign a maximum extension of $184 million over five years. That'll be depending on the uh, salary cap, etc. That's what it's all based off. The first year of that deal will commence in the 2023-2024 season. So we've got one more year on his rookie contract and then it kicks in. Just like when Brandon Ingram did his a couple of years ago. There are, of course, concerns about his health, about his buy-in to the team and potentially wanting out. Well, to be honest, it seems like he's allayed two of those fears. His actions have said that. Firstly, it was documented that Zion returned from his rehab in Portland early to rejoin the team, potentially make a return heading into the playoffs. Now, that's big. The guy was off for ages, in well, months in, in Portland. All of a sudden, he starts seeing a bit of the uh, hype around the team and decides, no, I want to be a part of that. And we saw that, him sitting on the bench, really getting involved and... Um, uh, you know, he he really took a step in, in buying in and cheering for the team, and we love to see that with him there, and, uh, you know, it's only going to bode well for the chemistry of the team going forward. Secondly, he openly said that he wants to be here and resign with the team. We just said that. Uh, the, the major concern is, of course, his durability. He's played a total of 85 games over the past three seasons, and question about his ability to stay healthy have understandably been raised. However, there is a precedent surrounding offering a max rookie extension to top young guys who have had early injury woes in their career. The name often mentioned is Joel Embiid, who signed a max deal after playing a paltry 31 games of the first few years of his career. Michael Porter Jr. also signed a max deal after missing the first year of his career with a back issue. Both players have panned out. Although, MPJ was sidelined this year with further injuries uh, later in the year. However, this is the risk that the Pelicans will take. We've seen the upside of this guy. He's an all-NBA talent, an historically great scorer and athlete with international brand appeal. He's huge for the Pelicans and the league. You know, he's, he's the future. That's why we got so many national games last year. He instantly makes this team one of the toughest in the Western Conference and perhaps the league. We saw what he could do with limited spacing in a clunky offense surrounded by non-shooters. We saw it in a COVID year where you didn't get to have any fun. You just lived in your room, uh, in your hotel room on road trips. You dealt with three-hour trainings with Stan Van Gundy who wanted to run it like a drill sergeant. Imagine what he could do with guys like CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas who can shoot it a bit. You know, he was the leading three-point shooter in the league for half the season until he cooled off a little bit, but he can stretch the floor a bit. TM3, Trey Murphy, of course, was drafted to play alongside him. He's basically a handcuff for when Zion's on the court, giving his three-point percentage and ability to stretch the floor. 
and a revitalized three-point shooting Brandon Ingram. We saw that towards the end of the season. CJ McCollum has really inspired him uh, and reinvigorated him to, you know, turn that around and and become uh, a confident three-point shooter again. And we saw that take another step in the playoffs. Honestly, I consider that the team would be unstoppable on offense. I don't see how you you do that. We know the gravity that Zion brings to opposing defenses. The other four guys on the court with him would feast from outside in a fast pace, shoot him up, .5 offense, under a battle-tested second-year coach in Willie Green. As a Pels fan, I'm chomping at the bit to watch this unfold. Now, what protections could Zion's contract look like from a risk mitigation standpoint? Well, Embiid's contract has been widely publicized that it contained various stipulations surrounding specific injuries. Games played, performance, other metrics that protected the Sixers from overcommitting should he get injured. But by taking that leap of faith, they've received an MVP caliber player to build around and perhaps take them to the promised land of an NBA championship. The Pelicans surely hope that this will be the case for Zion Williamson and that he can avoid further injury woes. Uh, and, you know, with the right mentality and people around him and uh, the, the Pelican staff and Aaron Nelson in the uh, sports rehab side of things and medical staff uh, at the Pelicans, no doubt they will keep him under a keen, watchful eye to um, make sure that he is ready to go for next year. And no doubt he doesn't want to miss any more basketball. So, would the Pelicans offer a contract with stipulations? Well, it is unclear until we see what the contract looks like and, and when it's announced, but David Griffin in his media availability at the end of the season said that contract discussions will be difficult. So perhaps Griff anticipates that it may not be as simple as offering Z a contract and him simply signing on the dotted line. No doubt there'll be ongoing conversations around the organisation to ensure that Zion is retained and that both parties can live with the very contract that he eventually commits to. So, with that being said, I, for one, am very excited about him re-signing with this team and taking another leap next year. Now, I think this is a good time for a break. After the break, we will review the playoffs so far and discuss the award winners for the season that was, well, that we know so far. I think they've all been announced now, so we'll have a chat about those, and uh, we'll be back after this message. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy off-season, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies, so you can get a jump on your prep. And we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team, head to sportsethos.com now and check on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today seriously cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only five dollars and 99 cents we'll see you there so welcome back to the sports ethos new orleans pelicans podcast i'm your host lyle swithenbank prior to the break we discussed the curious case of zion williamson and now we're going to chat the playoffs so far these playoffs have been fun 
Let's be real. There haven't been too many lopsided matchups or duds. However, there have been some exciting moments and maybe some not-so-glamorous moments as uh, the Grizzlies and Warriors are finding out as they uh, take on each other in that second round. So, let's take a look at the Western Conference to start off with. In the first round, the Suns took on the Pelicans, and as we know, the Suns advanced in six games behind the historically perfect performance of Chris Paul in Game 6 to close out the Pelicans in the Smoothie King Centre. Disappointing, as we know, but alas, big things ahead. I think we're all optimistic for what's to come. The Jazz and the Mavericks also had a battle, and with the Mavs taking control of the series and winning in six behind some Luka-less magic, Jalen Brunson and team wins. Luka returned and closed the series out well and truly. But what does this mean for the Jazz? Well, it, it shows that perhaps what they have isn't the answer, as they've been perennial underachievers in the playoff for a number of years. Is it time to blow up the Gobert and Mitchell pairing and try to retool? Who knows? It would be difficult to see them obtaining value from moving either of them without having to have a down year or rebuild completely. So watch this space, so to speak. Golden State has returned to form and hit the MVP Jokic and Denver with a gentleman's sweep, winning in five games. Jordan Poole stepped up as the bona fide third scorer and splash brother and carried the team in Steph's absence. And even since he's returned, he's continued to be on a tear and was a contender for the most improved player this year. Finally, the Grizz and T-Wolves battled it out in six games with the Timberwolves choking big leads time and again and letting the Grizzlies advance. The series was underwhelming. However, some individual brilliance from Triple J and Jar at times helped them secure that series victory. A lot of carry-on from Carl anthony Towns and Patrick Beverly, and, you know, celebrating the crowd and all that sort of carry-on waving and carrying on after losing. I don't know. But anyway... We'll see what happens with them. A lot to take from that series going into the future in the West. So, heading into the Western Conference semifinals, where Golden State are up 3-1 on the Grizzlies. Jar Morant is out injured with a strained knee, and Gary Payton is out for the Warriors with a broken arm. That came after a flagrant two from Dylan Brooks, resulting in him actually being suspended for a game. The Warriors took back control of the series and now look to close it out in Game 5. Over at the Suns and Dallas matchup, they are tied 2-2, and both teams secured their home courts. Luka was unstoppable at the offensive end, but was exploited on defense, whereas the Suns have been up and down shooting, much like we saw in the first round. It'll be interesting to see who comes out of this series and how quickly the winner can take control, with the Warriors looking to have a rest after Game 5. Well, you never know. I mean, the Grizzlies could rebound. They're going to need to. Over in the East, the Miami Heat pants the Hawks in five as they look completely outclassed by the machine that is the Miami Heat. The Hawks look complacent but missed John Collins for the series and Capella went down with a crooked knee midway through. It was a difficult ask, made more difficult with the injuries. Uh, who knows what will happen with the Hawks from here after featuring the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I think they thought they were just going to roll straight back in and instead got slapped around. The Sixers went up 3-0 against the Raptors, who managed to steal two games back before falling in six. Harden woke up and started playing like James Harden, but Embiid got a knock to the face late in game six, breaking a bone and getting knocked out, actually rendering him out for a couple of games into the next series. But spoiler alert, we're going to talk about that in a second. The Bucks took care of business against the Bulls, who were perennial pretenders against good sides all season. Injuries struck the Bucks, losing Chris Middleton with a stranger MCL, but Giannis and co. were too good and sent the Bulls packing in five games. Now, the only sweep of the playoffs was 
the defensive juggernaut Celtics getting the brooms out against the all-star-laden Nets. Durant was well held, perhaps laboured a bit, being hounded each and every possession and being forced to adjust to that attention. The adjustments in the game were bad, causing eyebrows to be raised about Steve Nash's credentials as head coach. Jason Tatum was awesome and showed why he was considered a top player in this league. He was unstoppable. Currently in the semi-finals, we have a hotly contested battle in both matchups. Miami and Philly are tied 2-2 after Embiid returned and Harden discovered that he's still really good at scoring the ball, should he wish to apply himself. The Bucks and Celtics are in an arm wrestle with Giannis going ballistic, but the defensive mentality of the Celtics proved just as potent. Now Horford's resurgence as a contributor on both ends has brought a tear to all of us NBA stalwarts who watched him dominate for the Hawks for all those years before bouncing around a bit and resting at OKC for a year before recharging in Boston. Overall, I'm excited to see how this play out. I don't have any predictions as to how this is going to play out because it has been a real arm wrestle and uh, I'm loving it. If they all go to seven, well, no dramas from me. I'm loving NBA playoff basketball. Next year, I know the Pelicans are going to feature. In terms of the awards, so far that we know that Monty Williams was coach of the year, crowned the other day, uh, officially crowned, I think, yesterday, Ja Morant was the most improved player, and Marcus Smart for the Boston Celtics was named Defensive Player of the Year. And just today, Woj dropped that Nikola Jokic was the MVP for the second year in a row. He is a dual MVP now, as I said, two in a row, drafted in the second round, and, you know, led that Denver team with him, and that was about it. The injury-riddled, well, not pretenders, uh, ragtag bunch that uh, jumped in and... He carried them all, all season, and all credit to him for getting there. And I, I mean, there's always that argument about Embiid or him, but he was pretty handy. He was near on triple-double, averaging 27 points a game. Anyway, honestly, I think they're all spot on, but no doubt there are people who believe the other guys deserved it more. But I guess that's the way it goes when it's voted for by a select few in the big media. So, honestly, overall, I think we're ticking along nicely. And I think that's probably about time to leave the show at that. If you saw on Twitter, I'm proposing to get about three shows out a week. We'll deep dive into the team and other fun topics. If you have anything that you'd like me to cover or discuss on the show, feel free to hit me up. I love having a yarn on Twitter. And I'm also happy to have people on. If anyone wants to come on and chat, well, come and do that too because we we love guests on here. We've got one lined up for later on in the week, so watch this space. Now, with that being said, I'm going to leave it at that. This has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Ethos Pelicans on Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. Stay safe, and bye for now. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details